Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. What Americans think of artificial intelligence now that it's everywhere. From American public media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Tramali. We're quickly coming up on one year since ChatGPT was released to the public. It and other generative AI tools have placed artificial intelligence front and center in a larger public discussion about the future of work, art, ethics, and pretty much everything else. So what do Americans think about AI now? The upshot is there are a lot of you checking the somewhat and mostly concerned boxes on this one, and it seems like Democrats and Republicans are generally on the same page on the future of AI. That's according to Ryan Heath, global tech correspondent for Axios, who recently combed through several surveys to get a sense of the country's current sentiment towards AI. Across a number of surveys that have happened over the last three or four months, Democrats and Republicans show very consistent and skeptical attitudes towards a lot of AI. So that's that's really unusual that we have a situation where Democrats and Republicans basically agree, even if perhaps they have different motivations for their fears and their concerns, and a situation where many people are skeptical of tech companies and how they're handling AI, which leads to an unusual level of openness, let's say, uh, around having the government involved in this topic. That's really interesting. So this is not all that uh, of a partisan issue. Talk us through where some of the dividing lines do lie. Are these differences of opinion on AI, are they falling mostly along generational lines? That is absolutely top of the list, but it's not only generational lines. So for example, we know that the younger you are, uh, you're much more likely to have used one of these new generative AI chatbots. And you're probably more aware of AI that's existing in the background in your life, whether that's using a prompt service like Siri or having some kind of device in your home, like an Alexa device, for example. Younger people tend to use it more often. At the same time, there are income divides. So the better off you are, the more income you're earning, 
the more likely you are to have tried uh, to use AI in the workplace, the more likely you are to have bought the devices that have AI in the background. And the more income you earn, that tends to be in the older age bracket. So we don't see so many black and white divisions here. There are some racial divides as well. You have a very high level of interest and usage and experimentation among Asian American communities, um, but a lot lower level of awareness of some of these technologies among black Americans. Um, and the white population sits, sits in the middle there. And interestingly, we don't see so much of a gender divide you know, little bits creep in here or there, but it's single-digit differences in terms of how men and women are relating to the technology. What about education? How much does that determine whether people are on board here? I think it's not so much of a factor in terms of whether you have fears or concerns, but it definitely is a factor in whether you've actually used the technology. And in particular, more and more people are using it as part of their job in some way. About 40% of people um, who have a college degree have used this generative AI set of tools in the workplace. But only half that number who don't have a college degree have used it in the workplace. And some of that is probably about the nature of the job. Uh, if you are working on a factory line or you're serving food in a restaurant, um, maybe AI is there in the background, but you don't really need a chatbot to, to do that job necessarily. But if you're sitting at a desk all day and you need to come up with a form of words or deliver a presentation, a chatbot is exactly the sort of thing that might save you a bit of time or, or help spark some ideas. And so that explains a bit of the difference in usage. So you describe this as a largely divisive issue right now, but divisive around what specifically? Well, I think the the biggest um, concern that people have is that this is going to upend their lives or their job in some way. So they understand that uh, a set of machine learning can scan much more data than any individual human ever could in their lifetime. So if you're somebody that needs to make uh, sort of precision actions or take decisions based on a large amount of data, um, your job is at risk. And I think people intuitively understand that. And it doesn't mean that everyone is going to be out of a job tomorrow, but I think people understand their jobs will be changing. Some of their jobs won't be there in the future. And people are also rightly concerned about how the big players in this field are going to use their information. You know, if your health data is circulating around on the internet, if your face has been scanned a million times, you want to make sure that the people who have that information are handling it correctly. And the big tech companies haven't had a great track record on that front in recent years. And they're also saying we want the government to be involved. And the, the asterisks I would put on all of this is it's easy to support a regulation in theory and to say you want somebody to get in and enforce the law and, and, and make sure it's being done right. And then when people start to see the details of draft regulations, they might not be as impressed. You know, we might see those traditional um, fights happening in Congress where parties suddenly do discover their differences again. Right. For now, though, people are still figuring out what they think of all of this. How do you think sentiment around AI has changed from, say, a year ago, before tools like ChatGPT really went mainstream? Have you seen a shift? Uh, not a massive shift, I wouldn't say. But I think the other thing to know is that people weren't doing polls about AI every two minutes like they seem to be doing at the moment. So we're getting uh, much richer data than we used to have about this. And 
in the past, AI was even more remote. So, you know, we're talking about how most Americans think they haven't used AI yet or they haven't used these new tools. When people were thinking about AI, they're potentially thinking about some kind of fictional version of AI. Or they do understand that, hang on, every time you unlock your phone by staring at it, that is a form of AI. So I think people's links to AI are changing very rapidly. And so their opinions will evolve over time. But, you know, at the same time, there has been skepticism all along about these extremely powerful forms of technology. What do the results of your analysis mean for the companies that are developing this AI technology? Do they have to navigate this differently? I just think the more sensible conversations you have about this, and you have to invest some time and money in it, and yes, maybe the profits will be a little bit lower because you took another month and you sent another email and you checked with people another time about whether they were happy with it. I think when companies make that investment, they might start to see the trust go up because people are coming from this position of skepticism. And unless somebody invests more time in building up that trust, I think they're going to stay skeptical for a while. That was Ryan Heath, global tech correspondent at Axios. You can read Ryan's piece on our website, marketplacetech.org. As he mentioned, many people seem to want some kind of government intervention or regulation for AI. And that process is moving along, albeit at a snail's pace. The Federal Election Commission is considering asking the public for comment on regulating AI-powered deep fake material in political ads. The presidential campaign of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was recently criticized for featuring an AI-generated image of former President Donald Trump hugging Dr. Anthony Fauci. If approved, Americans would have two months to weigh in. Daniel Shin produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.